Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, February the 6th. And welcome to our to our commentary. Just a quick uh, opinion here. Uh, the border bill, or whatever they call it, that came from the Senate. Um, there are some things about it that are good. I'm not saying it's 100% bad. But I think it's a little bit of putting the cart before the horse. Um, I, I just don't think this is the solution that we should be implementing right now. We have other things that we need to do before we start talking about that bill. There are, again, there are some things in it that I like, that, like the asylum changes and the catch and release. There are some things that, uh, that I like about it. But I believe that before you get to this proposal, you have to do three things. Number one, you have to close the border for about a year. Just close it. At least a year. I mean, maybe longer, but at least a year. And during that, those 12 months, you can give the Border Patrol a chance to catch their breath. I mean, we've been working them to death and expecting them to do a lot more than they're supposed to do. And for the next 12 months, you can say no more asylum at the border. If you want to uh, apply for asylum, you're going to have to do it formally or you're going to have to go to another country. But not, no more of this. I show up at the border and they give me a piece of paper and I, you know, I get a date with a judge sometime in a distant future. That has to stop. And that would stop if you close the border. And then finally, it would give the, the judicial system a chance to at least determine you know how many of the pending cases are even cases a lot of these uh, a lot of these cases asylum cases never actually materialize because they're more economic than than political so i think you got to close the border first you got to give that whole border a year uh to re, to to get itself back together and and then you know a year from now we can look at the whole thing again and then maybe we can visit some of the things that are in this proposal, like catch and release and all that kind of stuff. So I just think the timing of this bill is bad. And uh, the White House is blaming uh, the collapse of the bill on President Trump, saying that President Trump is telling the Republicans that they shouldn't vote for the bill. Actually, it's not the Repo not President Trump. It's their constituents who are telling them not to support the bill. You know, there are three Democrats, I heard, who are not supporting the bill. Senator Sanders. Senator Menendez of New Jersey, Sanders, of course, of Vermont, and Senator Padilla of California. He's the, the new senator who was appointed out there after Senator Feinstein passed away, or was it Feinstein or whatever it was, either Feinstein or when Kamala Harris became, became vice president. But he's, uh, he's saying no. So that's three right there, three Democrats. And I'd be anxious to hear what Senator Tester of Montana, who's going to have a very tough reelection up there, and, of course, Senator Manchin, who is not running for re-election, but it'd be interesting to see what he has to say about, about all of this. So it's just a bad idea. Uh, the timing of this was bad. And, again, we should focus on closing the border, uh, catching up with all these cases uh, right now in the judiciary. Uh, we should catch up with that first and then, and then uh, look at this thing a year from now after we close until we close the border. Speaking of the border and some of the consequences, I have a post over at the American Thinker today about uh, the debit cards in New York. And by the way, we also had a, a good conversation with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda on the, on the video that we did on, on Monday. 
But this is insane what they're doing in New York. They're handing out debit cards. Now, they say that this is going to save the city money. I don't know about that. But I do know about this, that the, the residents of New York are already overtaxed. Uh, I mean, there's paying taxes everywhere. You know, they get up in the morning, they got to pay a tax. It's ridiculous. And uh, the city of New York really doesn't have the money. I mean, they've been forced to cut back on, on many things. Uh, but this is just another example of how this, how this crisis on the border has brought all this chaos to so many places. Chicago, Denver, I just heard that uh, the mayor of Denver is saying we can't take any more. And frankly, nobody can take any more. You don't bring in seven, eight million people into the country in this fashion without someone contemplating that there were going to be all of these uh, consequences. So bad idea by the city of New York to issue debit cards. And uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, look, the residents of New York are going to have to figure this out because they're the ones who voted for these people. But this is just a bad idea to have debit cards issued, I think, to uh, to migrants. It's just a very bad idea. You know, everybody's been talking about how the economy is getting better. And yes, there was a, a better jobs report uh, for December, I think it was, or for January. No question about it. It was a better jobs report. And we are always happy when when people uh, work. It's a good thing. But more and more, you're, you're starting to see some of the other things happening in this economy that often go overlooked. Well, one of them is the increase in automobile insurance rates. And I just got my bill a couple of days ago, and my bill went up, even though we're excellent drivers. Well, there's a story that uh, appeared on CBS, and I have a post about this uh, coming out uh, Wednesday morning, talking about uh, how more and more Americans, in fact, it's just about everybody, is getting increases in their automobile insurance rates. And they're pretty hefty increases. 26% is the average, I guess, that people are seeing. And this is the reason why, this is the reason why more and more Americans don't feel that the economy is, is doing well because they have to deal with all these little things, whether it's the increase in gas uh, you know, to heat your home, whether it's the increase in automobile insurance, whether it's rent, whether it's interest rates, whether it's the price of food. I mean, everywhere you look, you can see the, the impact of, of this economy, and it's not a good one. And people are being hit between the eyes with all of these uh, increases, and it's not good. It's not fun. It's not something that, frankly, people enjoy. And that's the reason why, regardless of all these good jobs reports that uh, they're getting, people are just not feeling it. And when you get an increase in your automobile rates, insurance rates, uh, you, you got to pay that every month. So that's something that will upset your budget, to, to say the least. But that's the reason why people are not jumping up and down saying that uh, the economy is getting better because of all these things that they have to pay and all these increases they're getting they're getting all the time. You know, on Sunday, on Sunday they had an election in El Salvador and I wrote a post about this over at the American Thinker and the the candidate President Bukele was reelected with uh, almost uh, 75% of the vote. It was an amazing reelection and he's become very popular in El Salvador, and he's popular because he's been able to do in five years or four years what no one had done before, which is to clean up the country and specifically clean up clean up all the crime and all the gang violence 
that was a devastating El Salvador. And now El Salvador today, that small country in Central America, is a uh, at least a crime-free country for the most part. And people can walk the streets and they can go out and the merchants can, can function without the threat of uh, gangs, you know, showing up, uh, asking money for this or this or this or that. And it's interesting because last night uh, I saw a young man from El Salvador who is 18 years old, 18, 19 years old. So I said to him, well, did you vote in El Salvador? And he said, yeah, I sure did. They can vote, of course. Being out of the country, they can vote. Uh, I guess they go to the consulate and vote there. And I said, well, you don't have to tell me who you voted for, but uh, or, or, or you can if you want to. You're not obliged to, but just tell me if you want to. And he said, well, I voted for President Bukele. And I said, why? And I said, because he's made my country better. And this is, you know, this is a nice young man who is here in the United States uh, with his family. And he said, my parents also voted for Bukele. And again, we see once again how people will reward a president or a politician who makes their life better. And if you live in El Salvador, there is no question that locking up uh, these thousands and thousands of gang members has made the country better. Uh, at least the the crime has gone down. So I, I, I mentioned in my, in my post that I think President Bukele can now really take El Salvador to the next level, and that is by really bringing in foreign investments so you can make the lives of people in El Salvador better from an economic standpoint. And I think many investors are going to be happy to invest, especially now that the crime rates have uh, gone down as much as they have. So congratulations to President uh, Bukele of El Salvador. You know, he's a really good look, a cool looking guy. He's a good looking guy, but I mean, he's a really cool looking guy. He looks like a movie star. And his wife is this beautiful young woman. And I think they have two kids uh, or she's expecting one right now, something like that. But I mean, there's, there's such a photogenic couple. Uh, I mean, if you were a, uh, a campaign consultant and you were looking for a candidate, you couldn't think of a better uh, a better one than this one. Beautiful couple, photogenic. I mean, just absolutely lovely and a good president uh, on top of that. So congratulations to President Bukele. Well, a couple of birthdays that we're going to remember today and a couple of birthdays near and dear to me. The first one is Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was born on this day in 1895. He passed away in 1948. He died young from cancer. Uh, the Babe Ruth, the great Babe, you know, the, the great Bambino, as they used to call him. And the other big birthday that we celebrate today is, of course, President Ronald Reagan, who was born on this day in 1911. Now, if I had said to you, if I had said to you that Ronald Reagan and Babe Ruth had the same birthday, you would have probably said, no, no way. But they do. And these are two of the great personalities of the 20th century, of course, in different fields. But two of the most consequential personalities of the 20th century, Babe Ruth, of course, in baseball and Ronald Reagan in politics. So happy birthday to two of my big heroes, the Babe and the Gipper, as they used to call them in the movies uh, up in heaven. They're celebrating their birthdays today. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.